And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up On Blast Raps post-game show. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and this episode of Wrap It Up is brought to you by Clean Cuts Barbershop, 2013 Danforth Avenue in the East End of Toronto. Clean Cuts is a multicultural barbers and will always keep you fresh for any and all occasions. So go see Skip from the crew, and as a wise man once said, tell him that I sent you. Check them out on Instagram at Clean Cuts Toronto or give them a call 416-917-4833 to book your appointment now. What's up, everybody? How's it going? Sheldon Alexander here with you. Thanks for joining me. Shouts to the people on Twitter, the Twitter crew, always tuning in and just clicking the link on Twitter to get you into Periscope where you can ask questions live. We'll take your questions, comments, and concerns there. And as always, shout out to the Instagram crew, Instagram people. What is going on? Carlos, I see you just tuned in. What's up, Los? Haven't seen you in a long time. It's been too long. But how's everyone doing tonight? I know the Raptors lost, but it's okay. As someone pointed out early in the Instagram feed there, it's a schedule loss, right? Like, there's certain things where it's like, you know, that's all right. But as mentioned, the Toronto Raptors fall in this game in Indiana, 110-105. to Sorry, 110-106, to my bad. But the Raptors lose, and it's a game that really they shouldn't have won, right? Like, if we're honest with ourselves... The Raptors shooting was just terrible throughout the entire game. They couldn't really get things going. They just missed open look after open look. And if you go back to the big picture of it all, let's be serious, right? At this point of the year, Raptors were 8-1 and one on the second night of back-to-backs. They were 11-2 without Kawhi Leonard. That's Those are really good numbers. So at a certain point, you're going to have a game like this where things wouldn't really go your way in that situation on the second night of a back-to-back and not having Kawhi Leonard. We'll get to Kawhi Leonard and his load management in a second, but this game alone, the Raptors started this game as if they were a team that was playing on the second night of a back-to-back, right? They started out shooting terribly. They started out, what, like 6-for-21 from the floor. The bench even came in, and normally when the bench comes in, the bench will give them a little bit of a boost, but they didn't even really get that, right? They're down after one. They shot 25% in the first quarter, two of 11 from three. Meanwhile, Indiana was doing what they do, which is play solid defense. And they had the points in the paint advantage right from the get-go, 14 to four in the first quarter. And the Toronto Raptors just never were able to get things going. And the thing is, when you're playing a team that is getting easy baskets, right? Getting a lot of points in the paint and you're missing outside shots as the Raptors struggled, early and often from three, it's not going to be a good look, right? But I always say this, even in your losses, if you're a serious fan, if you're a real Raptors fan, even in losses, you can always look and point out certain things, certain things that you can take away as positives. And this game was no different, right? Kyle Lowry for the second game in a row, bald. And I think that's that's more important than a win or a loss on January 23rd if you're the Toronto Raptors, right? I mean, think about it for a second. The season that Kyle Lowry's had to date, it's been up and down, and I mean, drastic extremes, right? Like the way that he came out at the start of the year was just, was just crazy. Then remember he had, what, those four games where he really struggled. Then obviously he was out with injury for a long time. But overall, 
it's been an up and down year for Kyle Lowry, and he was he's recently been on the downturn. But in tonight's game, Kyle Lowry, for the second game in a row, his shot just looked so much more confident, right? Six to 13 tonight, 20 points. He hit three threes, seven assists. You're always going to get the assist from Lowry. But the things that I always point to, and I've been saying this from the start of the season, right? when you know Kyle Lowry is on, when you know, you know it's a good sign, it's going to be a good night for Kyle, is when you see him step into that rhythm three-point shot, right? Whether he's coming off the screen or he he's dribbling the ball to his left and just shooting that three-pointer in rhythm, that's when you know Kyle Lowry is feeling it. The games that he was kind of struggling in, if you remember and you think about it, he's really hesitant. He wasn't taking a lot of those threes. He wasn't taking a lot of shots, period. But between that and also, if you remember the other thing, because there's two signs I have for Kyle Lowry, right? One, it's his ability to, or his willingness to take that three. The other is when you see Kyle Lowry driving to the basket, trying to get to the free throw line. And we saw that again tonight. So that's what I mean. Those are the things that you can take away from this game, even though it's a loss. Again, second night of a, of a back-to-back, but Kyle Lowry still had the juice tonight. Kyle Lowry was still active. He was still making plays. That's the Kyle Lowry that the Raptors are going to need if they are going to make a run deep into the playoffs. What's up, though, to Instagram and Twitter? I said I said shouts to you guys. I got to also shout out the podcast crew. You know, can't forget the podcast crew, our SoundCloud homies. Someone today at work was like, they're trying to look for the podcast on Android, and they were kind of mad at me that it wasn't up there. So I got to work on that, figure that out. But at the end of the day, shouts out to all the people that listen to the podcast, however you decide to listen to it, right? But to the people that are live in Instagram, don't worry, I see you. I'm scrolling back up now. I'm going to take a lot of the comments here because, again, this whole podcast is about getting the pulse of what the people are feeling, right? And it's funny because this was a weird day or I guess it's been a weird week for me. I'm, I'm like, super busy this week. I'm filling in producing on uh, Tim and Sid this week, so it's been a hectic day, like super busy days this week. But also then... Of course, we have two-hour shows that end at 7, and the Raptor game also starts at 7. So I'm rushing home to catch up on PBR, watching the game on PBR, trying to catch up by the end of the game so that we can do this podcast. And here we are. So the reason I'm, end up, I'm able to do this, though, is because I want to talk to you guys about it afterwards, right? That's the most important thing. So here we are. I'm going to take these comments now. First off, we got Sean on Instagram who says, Yo, Sean, how come you switched up on that Bradley Beal talk? Uh, I think Sean's referring to the fact that at first I didn't seem that interested in Bradley Beal. But now, or I guess a couple podcasts ago, I really switched gears and said, no, I'm in on getting Bradley Beal. If you're wondering what's changed, it's the reality that Kyle Lowry might not be healthy. And I was all in thinking the Raptors can make the NBA Finals as long as Kyle Lowry is healthy. But if he's not, you're going to need backup. You're going to need another person who can give you 25 to 30 just in a random game, right? Like, if Kyle dropped 25 tomorrow or Friday night, you wouldn't be that surprised. You're like, oh, healthy Kyle Lowry. But now that we know that he's not healthy, and chances are that he's not going to be healthy for the whole year, you're going to have the kind of streaky up and down Kyle Lowry. You're going to need someone else who can give you 25 on any given night 
I don't know if Siakam's there yet. And Serge Ibaka is due. Serge is having a great, great season. But I don't know if it's wise to be relying on Serge Ibaka to do what he did tonight where he gave you 23 and 11 on 11 of 19 shooting. A great, great night for Serge. But you don't really want to be relying on that in the playoffs as a certainty. So that's why I'm all in on getting Bradley Beal, right? Because the thing is, you have Kawhi Leonard right now, who's a top three player in the NBA. You have a supporting cast around Kawhi Leonard, again, one of the top three players in the NBA. And so how often, if you're any franchise in the league, but much less the Toronto Raptors, how often can you say you're in that position right there where you have a top three player in the league and a supporting cast that you can possibly add to that would realistically give you a shot at a championship. That's why I'm all in on getting Bradley Beal. But again, let me know what you guys think. It's not even just Bradley Beal. I'm in on getting another superstar, period. If, if Masai can do it, hey, you got to be all in on this season because who knows how long Kawhi is going to be here, so you got to just ride with it. Uh, more comments. This one about the actual game. Someone says, Siakam sucked tonight. Did not look like he knew what to do with the ball as the first option. This is what I've been talking about, guys. You know, people, I had the conversation at work today. We were talking about whether or not uh, Siakam is is uh, on the table in terms of a trade. Or not realistically. We're talking about, you know, we're playing fake GMs ourselves, right? So listen to this conversation in that context, right? I'm not talking as Masai Ujiri. Obviously, Masai Ujiri is 10 million times smarter than me and you listening to this podcast. But as fans, it's fun to play fake GM. So we're talking about whether or not Pascal Siakam is an untouchable in terms of the Toronto Raptors. And my thing was, hey, Pascal Siakam is a good player. Pascal Siakam is still developing, and he could become even much better than he is right now. But in the now, right, you still have a lot of moments like this where it's like, okay, well, how much are you getting from him if he is the number one option or the number two option for your team he's not Bradley Beal yet and as we as we brought up last podcast right we think of Pascal Siakam as being way younger than Bradley Beal but really Beal's just nine months older than Siakam so Bradley Beal is an all-star Siakam is hoping to be an all-star but even Siakam's hope of being an all-star is based more on the strength of the Raptors record and you kind of see, you know, not that you're seeing growing pains because I don't think it's that serious because, hey, the whole Raptors team didn't really shoot well, save for, let's say, Kyle and Serge. But Siakam still gave you 16 and 9, add in four assists. Siakam still had a solid game, even though he didn't shoot well. Shot five for 16. But he gutted out some, some buckets, right? He got to the free throw line. I'll give him some credit. He was on the offensive glass. He was getting rebounds, right? And that's what you want to see from Pascal. Because right now, the strength of Pascal Siakam's game is still from hustle. It's still from being active. And it's still from playing great defense. And you don't really want to lose too much of that, right? I don't think you, you're in a position where you're ready to feature Pascal Siakam as your first or second option. Obviously, it was cool to see him get that game winner against the Suns. That was dope. No complaints there. But I mean, in long stretches, I still don't think he's there yet where you're looking at him and saying, hey, 
you're our lead guy, go out and get us buckets and win us this game. He's not there yet. And it's unfair to put that on him. This is first year starting, right? We're 50 games into the year. It's not even like he started all 50 games this year. So let the man, let the man live, let the man grow and develop as being a solid role player for the Toronto Raptors and know that he's going to have nights like this where he is shooting, he struggles shooting the ball. And as I've been saying from the start of the year, and I'm glad you guys have been listening and paying attention. You know, sometimes he just has to slow down because sometimes he's just going a mile a minute and that's when you get turnovers. And the problem in the game like this is Indiana was doing a good job on their defense where they were able to turn those defensive or the offensive mishaps by the Raptors into easy points, right? The Raptors are making a couple runs and the way that this game went, it was so interesting because the Raptors would make a run like, how many times did they get the lead down to, like, five? Sometimes they even got it to three. And I mean in every quarter, even the second quarter. And they just couldn't get over the hump, right? Norm came off the bench in, what was it, the second quarter. And Norm, Norm was just active, right? Norm found CJ for a three. CJ then hit, you know, a tough and one. And Norm and, and, and CJ gave good minutes off the bench. They were active, Right? There, there's a, a run in the third quarter, I think, where the Raptors cut the lead and CJ missed back-to-back threes that I think would have cut the lead to either one or maybe even tied the game. It was that close, but CJ missed those back-to-back threes, right? But you live with that because it's make or miss, right? To oversimplify things, sometimes the game of basketball is just make or miss. And tonight, the Raptors just didn't hit enough shots, and that's okay. But more so, again, you're talking about the overall process. And one of the benefits that we've seen from Kawhi Leonard being out and even OG missing some time as well is it's given a chance for CJ Miles to find his stroke, but more importantly, get his mind right. Get his confidence back. Because that's way more important, right? Sometimes we forget about the mental side of sports. How much that comes into play for any athlete. The mental side, right? So you've seen C.J. Miles kind of get a chance to, you know, have another good game. And tonight he finished with six points, but the last two games before this, C.J. Miles, as we know, finished in double digits. That was a far cry from the C.J. Miles we were seeing earlier on in the year, right? And you saw Nick Nurse extend his minutes, give him some more minutes, which is good. You're trying to get him going. But that was in the second quarter. Raps still had it close. And, of course, the the – the tough news from the second quarter was the injury to Victor Oladipo. And, you know, that was a tough injury. Didn't look good. Woj is reporting that it looks like he's going to have season-ending surgery. Um, It's a knee injury. And prayers up for CJ, for CJ, for sorry, for Victor Oladipo. As you you hate seeing that happen, right? Like, you don't want to see that happen to any player. That sucks. It's a tough situation. Hopefully, though, he can rehab and come back strong and come back better than ever. You don't want to see that. And it was a tough place for Indiana, right? And I don't know how they did it, but they're professionals, and they figured out a way to just bounce back and and keep playing. And they did keep playing. And and one of the things they brought up on the broadcast, Thaddeus Young was kind of appeared to be the guy to bring the team in and huddle them up and get the team going, and he was arguably the best player tonight for the uh, Indiana Pacers. 23 points, 15 rebounds for Thad Young, and showing great leadership, right? 
He put in work from beginning to end. He was all over the glass, getting offensive rebounds, using his size. And the Raptors stayed small in this game, right? They stayed small for the most part. And Thaddeus Young feasted off that. Miles Turner feasted off that. But it was still a close game. You're only down 12 for playing such a a terrible first half. The Raptors were down 12 despite shooting 37%. And you know what? Kyle Lowry still almost brought these guys back. And it was good to see. Kyle Lowry tried to almost get his Kawhi on, for lack of a better term. But they almost did it. If you really think about how that game went, right? And you're in the fourth quarter. And at a certain point in the fourth quarter, the Raptors were still three, or sorry, eight for 30 from three. And they were missing wide, wide, wide open shots. And yet, at the end of the day, Kyle and Serge get that two-man game going. And when they got that rolling, man, Serge is just knocking down that elbow jumper. And he's not even touching the rim with his shots. It's just straight mesh. It's a great sight. And it was great to see the Raptors just run sets for the most part and have that Kyle and Serge two-man game going. And the one thing, I wrote it down, that I wanted to see a little bit more down the stretch is maybe run a couple plays where you get Danny Green an open look for for three. Right? Because I kind of thought the Raptors were doing a lot of scrambling late. Kyle was creating plays. Freddie was creating plays. Freddie hit a very tough layup late. And things were working. But you had another weapon that was on the floor that was kind of being underused. And again, just every once in a while, run a little set to get Danny Green a shot. And, you know, as crazy as it seems, funny how the, the game works. After I wrote that down, maybe a couple possessions later, Serge gets a massive offensive rebound. He passes it out to Danny Green, who hits a massive, massive three. And it was a one-point game with 30 seconds left. And again, I know the, the box score will show you that the Raptors lost. But I was super impressed with, their, with what they showed to just gut it out and be in this game at the end. Again, on the second night out of a back-to-back and without your best player. And I know Indiana's without their best player, and I get that. I, I know that. I'm just saying the Raptors, it would have been easy for the Raptors to just say, oh, we're not shooting the ball well tonight. Second night of a back-to-back. Let's pack it in and save some juice for Houston and and James Harden's crazy scoring one. But they didn't do that. They fought hard. And they got it right at the end. They were right there. They had a shot with 10 seconds left. They were down three. And Danny Green missed a three. And I'm going to give credit to Leo because I saw the same thing too. And Leo Routens brought this up after the game, and I totally agree, and I saw it live. C.J. Miles missed it. He was just a split second late in feeding Danny Green on that play. I don't know how it was drawn up in terms of what the first option was, if Danny Green was the first option, or if he was just a decoy, because I feel like the way that that's set up with C.J. inbounding the ball, I could see an option being someone flashing to the, to the ball, C.J. passing it to them, and then C.J. running off that same passer as a screen, getting the ball and getting an open look to shoot the three himself. So I could see that as being part of another option too. But as Danny Green came around, Danny Green was wide open, and C.J. was just uh, one Mississippi late in terms of passing him the ball. Danny Green, with that said though, still had a good look, and he just missed it. And it's okay. You take that. 
It's all right. A solid effort by the Raptors. I, I love the fact that this team just doesn't give up, right? They're not, they didn't just pack it in and say, hey, we didn't have it tonight. We're, on, we're in Indiana, tough place to play, second night of a back-to-back. No, they went down fighting. Again, Raptors lose 110-106. As they fall at the 50-game mark, they fall to 36-14. and 14. <laughs> Doesn't that sound incredible? Right? Because the Raptors are just off to such a good start that you almost got to put the losses in perspective, right? They're on such a crazy run. They'd won three in a row, 10 of 12. They're just on such a good run. And again, I bring up those numbers. They now drop to 11 and three without Kawhi Leonard. And then eight and two on the second night of a back-to-back. That's great production. And, and those are the stats of really, really good teams. But let's get to some more comments. And uh, Derek says on Instagram, Derek says, Patrick McCaw is a topic, no doubt. I, I like the minutes they got from McCaw. And me and Mike were talking about it on the last podcast about McCaw kind of looking lost out there. Like we weren't sure if he was familiar yet with the sets. He didn't really look confident in his movements on the court. He's kind of playing hot potato with the ball. And we saw a lot less of that in this game. But what I was impressed with was the energy that he had. He was on the offensive glass. He's playing great defense. He was just being active and finding ways to contribute. And I know I sound like a real basketball nerd when I say these things, and I don't want to come off as like a coach's pet or whatever, but I repped things like that because it's a reminder that there's other ways to impact a basketball game than just scoring. And you saw that from Patrick McCaw, right? He still moved the ball well. He made sure to get on the offensive glass. Again, the defense that he played, there's one great possession in the middle of that run where he got a great stop. I think he was guarding Miles Turner, who has maybe a foot on him, but he held his ground, forced him into a tough shot, which led to a fast break the other way. I'm I'm not mad at McCaw. You know, like, give him more minutes, let him get more acclimated, and I think, you know, as the season keeps going, and the Raptors play, what, the final 32 games of the year, you're trying to make him feel more comfortable, that maybe you're in a spot where if you need him, he can be a contributor to this team. Uh, more comments here on Instagram. Uh, someone says, Lowry was aggressive tonight. That's how we need him to play. It's so true. When Kyle Lowry is playing like that, the Raptors are a completely different team, right? You saw him driving to the basket hard and, and just trying to get fouls. And that's the Kyle Lowry you need. Can you get that Kyle Lowry consistently? I don't know. And that's going to be, you know, another thing, yet another thing put on Nick Nurse's lap that he's going to have to deal with down the stretch because as great of a job as Nick Nurse has done, and let's not forget, he's done an incredible job in terms of, you know, balancing the lineups night in, night out. Is Kawhi in the lineup tonight? Is is Lowry in the lineup tonight? Is, is uh, Norm in the lineup? Like, he's just been juggling it over and over and over again. But it's been a great job that Nick Nurse has done. And again, over the last 32 games, how you manage Kyle Lowry's minutes, Kyle Lowry's load management, that's going to be super interesting to me. And the toughest part is because Kyle Lowry's going to want to play. If he can walk, (laughs) he's going to want to play. And the Raptors are going to have to really be be 
be hard on them in the sense that they have to have the team's best interests at heart. And the team's best interest is having a healthy Kyle Lowry come playoff time. But we're seeing him work out of that shooting slump and we're seeing him be more confident. And that, my friends, is a huge positive that we might not see if Kawhi Leonard was still in the lineup, right? Because now we just got to get to the point where we see the Kyle Lowry that we've seen the last two games at the same time that he's in the lineup with Kawhi Leonard. And if you see that, this Raptors team is doing real damage. Let me get a comment from uh, Twitter. Someone here on Twitter says, Serge is freaking more clutch than Jordan. Whenever the offense dries up, Serge pick and pop is money. <laughs> That's incredible because I never really thought I'd see the name Serge and Jordan in the same you know, sentence, unless it was Serge and DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> but <laughs> at the same time, Serge's shot is money. Like when he hits that elbow jumper and the other guys on the Raptors are starting to follow Kyle Lowry's trend, whereas, but I don't even want to say his trend, but it's like the little, the soft touch that Lowry has as he dumps it off to Serge. You know what I'm saying? Like Lowry just leads him perfectly right to the elbow, but it's like such a nice soft pass that it's easy for Serge to catch right in the suit shooting pocket. So he just catches it, goes up with his jumper and it's money. Again, there's not even rim on a lot of those shots. It's one of those, you wasn't with me shooting jumpers in the gym, right? It's one of those. Shouts to people who actually get that reference of what I was just trying to do. If you don't, that's okay. It's all right. No worries, right? Uh, more comments. Siakam started playing when he was 17. Gotta trust Masai. That's true. Siakam's going to continue improving, and Siakam is a great player. And guys, I don't want you to take what I'm saying about Patrick or Pascal Siakam as a negative. It's just constructive criticism. And I just mean that he is a great, great role player and energy player, and he means a lot to the team. But, but we still got to rein it in and manage our expectations, right? I'm going to compare his importance to like, you know, don't take this the wrong way, but I mean a Draymond Green in the terms of Draymond Green early in that very first couple goal rounds with Golden State making it to the finals. The importance of Draymond Green was crazy. The things that he did on the defensive end, the way that he was able to rebound and bring the ball up and how good he was in moving the ball around. Like that's kind of the role that Siakam can play with the Toronto Raptors, right? It's not going to be about being the leading scorer, being the best player on the team. Because even at that Draymond Green, if you moved him to another team, he's not going to have the same impact. And that's okay. That's not a diss. That just means that within the flow of this offense and what he does to with this team makes Siakam so, so important. So all I'm saying is it's not, it's not a diss. It's just, you know, sometimes you just need to chill, fall back, player position, which is hustle, which is defense, which is being active, which is running the ball, running the floor, pardon me, and Kyle Lowry will do a good job in finding you. That's what's the success of Pascal Siakam. That's how it will continue. More comments here from Twitter. Someone says, I hope McCaw can develop more offensively because he looks great defensively. For sure. And much of the same things I just said about Pascal Siakam, you can say about Patrick McCaw, right? Obviously, you're not seeing what 
he's doing offensively or what he can do offensively, but he will earn minutes by what he did tonight, by playing defense, by being active on the floor, by, you know, running the floor, by getting on the offensive glass, the little things, right? We forget sometimes that basketball is a team game and you don't need everybody to be the ball handler. You don't need everybody to be the sharpshooter. You need some people that are going to do the dirty work, that are going to swing the ball, that are going to switch on defense, that are good on help defense, that hit the glass and rebound. And if and if uh, McCaw can kind of follow suit in a lot of the same ways I just said about Siakam, hey, he will definitely get minutes. Uh, more comments here on Twitter. Someone says, Lowry getting his getting back in his groove. Totally true. Raptors fans love to see Kyle Lowry get his groove back, right? Because it, it just, when you're seeing him come up and take that jumper, it's just so smooth, and it, it's a great thing to see. Um, more comments here from Instagram. I'm going to go through, keep going here. We're pr- probably at, what, like 30-minute mark of this podcast, which is all right. You know, Raptors lost, but it's okay. Still positives that we can take from the game if you're watching this Raptors team, and it's okay. You're going to lose some of these games. You're not going to go... 82 and 0, right? Uh, let's see more comments here on Instagram. I'm worried this is the game that kills the number one spot. Bucks, Celtics, and Philly have three games in hand. Yeah, it's tough, right? I mean, that's the one place where you can say the Kawhi Leonard sitting out kind of hurts you, right? Like if you look at the end of the year and you say the Raptors missed out on winning the getting first place by a game or two and you look around and you, you you start thinking of schedules oh we could have won this game or we could have lost that game i understand i feel like people complain more about Kawhi being out when the raptors lose which obviously hasn't happened much it's only the third time this year right but at the end of the day two things there are certain things as schedule games and for those that might not know what what, what that term means it's basically a thing where Within like NBA stat nerd circles, there's a thing they call a schedule loss, meaning you can look at a schedule, any team's schedule, and pinpoint certain games where the probability is a lot higher that they're going to lose that game. And it's normally, you know, second night of a back-to-back on the road or a game at the end of a road trip. Sometimes it's the first game back home from a long road trip. But, you know, three games in four nights... There's certain things like that where you look at it and you're like, okay, you could understand that loss. And second night of a back-to-back without your best player and that second game being involving travel, it's okay. But at the end of the day, the most, most, most important thing, even more important than getting the number one seed, is making sure that Kawhi Leonard is healthy. Right? So it's okay. Mark this down as a schedule loss, and it's all right. Because the most important thing is Kawhi being healthy at the end of the year. And again, we were talking about the load management. And I, I mentioned this before, like leading up to this, I thought this tonight would be the game Kawhi would play, right? I understood Kawhi sitting out the Phoenix game because that was the second game of a back-to-back. I understand Kawhi sitting the Memphis Grizzlies game because, let's be honest, they're trash. Right? Like they're not a good basketball team. And when I say trash, I mean trash in comparison to other NBA teams. Okay? 
I understand that I thought he'd play one of two of these back-to-backs, and I assumed that he would play on the second night of the back-to-back because the Indiana game was a division game, the or sorry, the conference game, you know, like they're right up there in the standings with the Raptors, and so that would be the more difficult game as opposed to playing him against the Kings. But when it was announced that he was going to miss both games, I was kind of like, oh, okay. That kind of made me, made, made my eyebrows perk up a little, you know? But Nick Nurse was very, very adamant that Kawhi will be back on Friday. And of note, Friday happens to be an ESPN game. Friday happens to be a game against James Harden, who's been crazy red hot this season. And if I'm not mistaken, I know tonight, they mentioned it during the broadcast, Harden was going off in New York. And Harden finished with 61 points tonight. Wow. I brought up that. Hold on. I brought up that game. That was my live reaction to seeing how much James Harden had tonight. Harden finished with 61 and 15 tonight. He had five steals. Harden was five for 20 from three. Five for 20. And he still finished with 61 points. That's ridiculous, right? 22-25. And hey, maybe that was the thinking. If you're the Nick Nurse and the Toronto Raptors, right? I mean, you could have played Kawhi tonight and then you're traveling to Houston to face the Rockets and he's going to cover James Harden. But the way that James Harden's been playing, is it a bad thing to have a fresh Kawhi Leonard to throw at James Harden when he's doing crazy stuff like this against the entire NBA? Right? (laughs) 61 points. 61. The run that James Harden's been on has been crazy. And I've been kind of saying the last couple of days to a couple of friends at work, I want to see if Kawhi is the one to end James Harden's consecutive 30-point game streaks. Did I say that right? To end James Harden's consecutive games of scoring 30 or more points. I want to see if it's Kawhi who can shut that down. More comments here from Instagram as I, wow, try to gather myself after seeing James Harden scored 61 points. But here's the thing. They scored 61 points, and they still only beat the Knicks by four. <laughs> That's kind of ridiculous, though. Anyways, uh, more comments here from Instagram. Someone says, reality is the young guys can't seem to play in hostile arenas. That's an interesting point. I don't think the bench or the young guys played poorly. Um, I mean, DeLon has been continues his up-and-down season where his numbers aren't always there. But he's still providing energy. Siakam has mentioned, you know, 5 of 16. He didn't really shoot the ball well in this game. Norm, Norm continues to play well, man. Norm's playing really well this year. Norman Powell has given the Raptors consistent minutes for a solid two weeks now. And that's a very good sign. It's a very good sign. Because you're going to need reliable players. Again, keep saying, the, the playoffs are going to come down to, what, your best eight players? And there's going to be a dogfight to see who those eight players are for the Raptors. Because as you see, Nick Nurse, Nick Nurse does a really good job in seeing who has a hot hand on any given night and who doesn't. And he's riding with those people. Norm played 20 minutes tonight. Why? Because he was playing really well. Greg Monroe only played eight minutes. He didn't really have it tonight on the second night of a back-to-back. And the matchups weren't really in his favor either. But again, Nick Nurse... Just adjusts on the fly. He's been doing it all year. He's going to continue to do it. But yeah, the young guys, you got to remember, right? 
there's a reason they call these things old school NBA rules. And one of those sayings is your young guys, your bench doesn't necessarily always play well on the road. That's why they're bench players, right? So it's all right. I'm not too mad at that. Uh, someone else checks in and says, facts, Draymond. Um, I guess they're talking about the, oh, my comparison to Draymond and Siakam and just the impact they can have, right? They're not the best player on that team. They might not do the same things that they do with their current teams if you put them on other NBA teams and they were more featured. But in their situation, right, they're solid. They're pretty solid. Uh, let's see. Someone says here, question is, did Masai approach Kawhi about the trade? What trade? I don't know what that trade is. I'm not really sure. But uh, more comments. Siakam offensive is not there, but defensively he's a reason why we are so good and versatile on man defense. He's unbelievable, and we are thin in our front court. You're totally right. Raptors are super thin in the front court, especially with no Jonas Valanciunas, right? But here's the thing with Siakam and his defense. And I was talking about it today with Bomber, my I guess my boss Bomber, actually. That's weird getting used to because we'd always talk ball and now he's my boss. But uh, we were having a conversation today about Siakam and one of the things he brought up, which is normal about basketball, is when you're not the number one option, right? you play a lot better defense because you don't have to save your energy. Like James Harden, for all that we crush James Harden for his defense, part of the reason why he doesn't play defense is because he's resting on defense because he has to score 61 points just to beat the Knicks by four, right? So Siakam, you know, as we keep talking about rein in, slow down a little bit on offense and focus on the things that you do well and that the team needs you to do for the team to be successful. And one of those things is playing defense and the offense will come. In fact, I believe the offense will come easier because you'll allow the game to come to you in terms of Lowry pushing the ball and getting easy buckets. Uh, more big ups for pascal on instagram we need pascal i swear there is a there's three of him on the court that's true he is all over the place uh siakam is he's long he's super athletic and he is what the future of the nba is right these long athletic dudes that are able to switch positions switch on defense that are able to play perimeter handle the ball do a little bit of everything that is siakam totally uh more comments and this is a great point the Raptors struggle to score, which affects transition defense. We need to, we need another knockdown scorer. Kawhi will be doubled if bands don't hit shots. It's true. Very, very true. Um, someone else brings up tough loss, but a tougher loss for Oladipo in Indiana. I hope they can come together and play harder. It's true. I guarantee you Indiana would trade this win over the Raptors if they could get a healthy Oladipo back. You know what I mean? If they would have, they would definitely trade a loss in this game to have Victor Oladipo healthy. So that really sucks. And again, I hope, you know, even though it might be a long rehab, I hope he bounces back and comes back better than ever um, after tough injury there. Tough sight to see, for sure, seeing Victor Oladipo go down like that. Uh, more comments here. I'm down with CJ. Like, seriously, he's on year 14, I think. <laughs> I'm tired of them not finding Danny Green. Totally agree. Talked about that earlier. Um, 
someone says it's not about a good look cj messed up the pass he should know being a three-point shooter we talked about that that final play right away when it happened i thought oh danny green's wide open he's wide open he's wide open and cj hesitated before he passed it to him and i don't know this but again i don't know this and i'd have to watch the play over again but i feel like the second option or another option i'll say on that play was someone was going to come hard towards the ball, CJ was going to pass it to them, and then CJ was going to get the ball back as the inbounder. I'm, <laughs> I would bet a lot of money that that was going to be one of the options on the play, and CJ wanted to do that. But then he saw Danny Green and saw that he was wide open, and he kind of had to pass him the ball, right? I don't know. That's just my thought. I don't know. I could be wrong. Could be wrong. I'm not Nick Nurse, right? I'm not Nick Nurse because I can't drop great plays like that. Um, more big ups for McCaw. McCaw is good defensively, and his position his position is great. He actually boxes out his man. Totally agree. Um, but shout to you guys, man. You guys have, have really helped out tonight on this podcast as you do each and every night, sending in your comments, sending in your concerns, and even in losses. I like the fact that as a group, of Raptors fans as we have this conversation now it's game 50 we're able to realize that there's a lot more to these things than wins and losses right the wins and losses cool like the Raptors are a good team we know that already but even in the losses you look for certain things that you can point out and say hey that was a good sign Serge Ibaka still cooking is a really good sign and again I ask you guys we keep seeing this Pascal Siakam talk about the all-star game why are we not saying the same about Serge? I'd argue Serge has had a better season. We're just more surprised by Siakam and the new shiny toy that we have in Pascal Siakam, who's also had a good year, but Serge has had equally a good year. Hey, I didn't think we'd be here either where I'm, I'm bigging up Serge Ibaka this hard, but now it's, it's game 50 and Serge is still putting in work? And JV's been out of the lineup for how long? And Serge is still putting in work? Wow. Uh, here's an interesting comment. Someone says, can we stop believing we're Golden State? We can't shoot like those snipers. We got to stick to pick and rolls and ball movement that we're used to. I, I agree with that. I definitely do. And you kind of sound like Jack Armstrong during the game because Jack would say certain things and he could kind of tell that he was getting mad, I think, on the fast breaks. Because he kept bringing up the fact that on a couple fast breaks, he said, I think there were like three or four times where the Raptors had the ball on a fast break. They had like five guys on the break and they would settle for a three and they missed. And I understand. And hey, Jack being a coach, you know that he his whole thing is, hey, we got numbers, got to get a bucket. And you got to, more most likely, if you're going to get a bucket, it's going to be a layup because you have numbers. But this new NBA is a little different, man. And it's it's weird for me, too, watching it because we're almost at a point where we're accepting that most often than not, teams are going to take the three ball on a fast break as an option just as many times as they're going to take driving, 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 and then dishing for a layup. And I know that sounds crazy, but that's just the reality of where the NBA is right now, right? Uh Let's see. Someone says Harden tried to or tied Kobe in the garden tonight going for 61. Uh, someone bringing up the fact he shot 25 free throws. 
are you guys excited to watch Kawhi try to slow down James Harden on Friday? Because I am. Like, I'm super excited to see that matchup. Because I, I bring this up because I don't know how much pub this interview got in Toronto because it was part of that whole ESPN day when the Raptors played host to the Sixers. And it was all centered around the same time that Masai was doing the Giants of Africa, right? And in part of that whole hoopla and promotion, they had the Toronto Raptors, a different Toronto Raptor player, basically on every single ESPN show that day to promote the game that night, which was Raptors and Sixers on ESPN. Well, one of the interviews, and I always bring this up because it's so telling to me, was Danny Green was on with Stephen A. Smith and Max on first take. And the question was about him and Kawhi Leonard and the chemistry that those guys have. And one of the things that Danny Green said, he's like, people don't realize that ever since we were in San Antonio and obviously now in Toronto, one of the things we pride ourselves on as a duo, as a perimeter duo, is we pride ourselves in going out and trying to shut down the other team's best perimeter scores. That's one of the things that they try to do on a night-in, night-out basis. So to me, if, I'm, if I listen to those comments and I, I see the resume of one Kawhi Leonard, I bet you he's sitting there like geared up, ready to go, rested to try to slow down James Harden, right? I'm not saying stop James Harden because that's ridiculous. If you think about it, they're playing like seven or eight guys a night and they have no scorers on their team other than James Harden, really. So he's taking every single shot every single time down the floor. So it's not possible for someone to slow him down. Teams are just going to score 100 points in a game. He's going to get to 30 almost by default, right? But I bet you Kawhi and Danny Green are taking on that challenge, and they're super hype to, for that game on Friday night on ESPN in Houston to try to slow down James Harden. I can't wait. Let me know what you guys think. And if you think that, you know, they can slow them down. Someone here on Instagram says Harden is going to get locked down. <laughs> I like that energy. I like that energy. Someone else says I'm so stoked for the Kawhi Harden matchup. As am I. Someone, another comment on Instagram is I wonder if Kawhi will actually be the primary defender on Harden. He won't get all the minutes, but I could see him getting a lot of the minutes for sure. You know, because Danny Green is also a very good defender, but I can see Kawhi wanting that challenge. And Nick Nurse has a great way of juggling things. One of the things he'll do often is he might start the game with Danny Green on uh, James Harden or whoever the other team's best perimeter guy is. But when it gets to crunch time, when it gets to, to winning time, you know, he'll switch it up and then he'll put, Kawhi on the other team's best perimeter player. So it'll be interesting. I I'm so excited to see that matchup. But yeah, again, thank you for tuning in. A special shout out to the people on Instagram. Really appreciate your questions each and every night and the people on Twitter as well. Thank you for tuning in live to this, the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps postgame show. Really appreciate you guys. Really appreciate getting the opportunity to talk to like-minded Raptors fans and like-minded in the sense that we love the team, right? And we love what's going on this season with the team. And hey, 50 games in, Raptors have an outstanding record. What a time to be alive. So yes, shout to the continue to watch on Twitter live at 
Shell Alexander. Follow up, like, subscribe, right? Follow up on Instagram. You can ask your questions there as well at Sheldon Alexander. Shouts to the podcast people. Like and subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and of course, YouTube. If you're part of the podcast crew, hey, tell your friends, rate us. I, I love the line that Bomani Jones says all the time. Go on to iTunes and rate us five stars because if you only give us four, I'm going to think you're a hater, <laughs> right? I love that line so much. But anyways, you get the point. Appreciate the support. Appreciate the love. Thank you, Raptors Nation. And the overall message about this game is it's okay. It's all right. There's certain things as schedule losses. It happens. You know, No legs on the second night of a back-to-back. It's tough. It happens. Hopefully, everything will be all right on Friday when the Raptors get a shot to slow down James Harden on this crazy, crazy scoring run. So, again, appreciate all the love and continue this conversation, right? The best place is in the YouTube uh, comment section. Each and every podcast, there ends up being a long conversation there. I'll read the comments. I know Bellamo's in on the comments as well. And we got a regular cast of characters there keeping that conversation going. And it's, it's really great. It's really fun. And I appreciate you guys so much for tuning in and joining with us as you guys continue to spread the word, spread the love of the all of the podcasts we got, right? Whether it's the Wrap It Up podcast or the Ball on Blast podcast with my guy, Andrew Webster, which don't worry, we'll return. It will be back this Friday. We're on a bit of a hiatus, holidays, lots of stuff going on, but the Ball on Blast podcast will be back. More about what's going on with the other teams, what's going on with your Golden States, what's going on with LeBron. We talk about trade rumors. We talk about all the Instagram pettiness and nonsense that goes on in the NBA. We'll definitely be talking about my guy, Russ, who has who has a beef-filled week. But anyways, yes. If you like the Wrap It Up podcast, you'll love the Ball on Blast podcast, which you can listen on the same feed that you're listening to all. Again, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, just search On Blast podcast. Like and subscribe. Same thing on YouTube. Just find Sheldon Alexander or search Wrap It Up On Blast. You'll find that feed. Like and subscribe there as well. But again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. Thank you for tuning in. Special shout out to Clean Cuts Barbershop and my guy Skip for sponsoring the podcast, allowing us to do what we do. If you're on this feed, the live feed, you can see the DDS caps. Shout out to my guys, Butts, Q, Brandon. Shout out to the DDS, DDS caps boys as well for always showing the podcast love. Really appreciate you guys as well. Just all love, all love on this podcast. Thanks guys for joining me. As always, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up On Blast Raps Post Game Show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. On blast.